Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah.
first and foremost, the game started on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Ole Miss wins their matchup up against Mississippi State, 31-21 to 21 in the Mississippi uh, battle. Uh, Friday goes to Cincinnati playing East, East Carolina, winning their matchup 35-13. to 13. Iowa wins their matchup up against Nebraska, 28-21. to 21. Utah wins their matchup up against Colorado, 28-13. to 13. North Carolina State beats North Carolina 34-30 in a nail-biter type of game. If you did not watch the, that game in that entirety of its, uh, I want to say, the second half, North Carolina looked like they had a handle on the game, and North Carolina State did not want to quit, and the way that they scored to get back in the game was incredible. They're just to say the least bit. Um, the next one that I do have, just, just bear with me uh, on the situation I have right now. Um, okay, so that, that took care of itself. Just bear with me, y'all, because I just had a little technical difficulty here. Um Moving right along, the Boise, wait, San Diego State beat Boise State 27-16 to in their matchup. They also had a game where Arkansas beat Missouri 34-17 around out Friday. Now, this is where the sparks start to fly, and I can't wait to get into some of these games after I get the scores out. Georgia wins their matchup 45 to nothing up against Georgia Tech. Extreme blowout uh, shutout. Um I got to say the score, and then I'll get to it. Michigan wins their matchup 42-27, to and the quote-unquote, they call it the game or the rivalry. I call it I call it a, just a game being played, and I'll get to it in a little bit. Alabama wins their matchup up against Auburn in a four-overtime game, 24-22. Uh, Notre Dame wins their matchup up against Stanford, 45-14. to Oklahoma State wins their matchup up against Oklahoma, in the in-state battle, and this game was incredible, especially in the way that it ended, 37-33. to Baylor wins their matchup up against Texas Tech, 27-24. to Oregon wins their matchup in an in-state battle, 38-29, to up against Oregon State. Michigan State wins their matchup, 30-27, to up against Penn State, and I'll get to this also as well. Um, BYU wins their matchup up against USC, 35-31. I feel a certain way about them as well, but, it, I mean, that took place earlier this season as well. Minnesota wins their game in an upset up against Wisconsin, 23-13, to which shakes up the Big Ten. Very interesting on how that's going to move around. Um, I got to tip my hat to Mr. Harvey himself. LSU knocks off Texas A&M, 27-24, to an upset that basically halters Texas A&M's season while they had a successful one. Um, but they were ranked. 15th at the time, but this is a big loss going up against LSU. This actually gets LSU a postseason bid at a bowl game. Pittsburgh wins their matchup up against Syracuse, 31 to 14. Wake Forest wins their matchup up against Boston College, 41 to 10. North Texas stops the undefeated season of University of Texas San Antonio, 45 to 23. I really thought they can get to the end of the road. They didn't and lost by blowout. Uh, Clemson wins their game, blowout shutout up against South Carolina, 30 to nothing. And to round out the top 25, Houston wins their matchup up against UConn, 45 to 17. Now, Sports City, please allow me to like get to this as best as I possibly can because uh, this this is like one of those rude awakening situations, you know, um, how this game went down. The uh, Michigan Wolverines have now stopped a 10-year streak 
nine-game losing streak because last year they didn't play due to the COVID situation. And um, I don't know how I would – I can't say me personally, but I really want to say that if he'd have lost this game up against Ohio State, like they'd have had to question Harbaugh. Like there, there's no way that they could sit with giving him a contract extension and him not being successful. There were a lot of things that happened in the midst of this game that had me like – scratching my head on why Michigan couldn't play like this the whole time during this streak and how questionable Ohio State's defense played all game long in this game. They could not stop the run at all. They can, Even the quarterbacks were picking up runs. And they, knowing that they have two quarterbacks coming in and out of the game, everybody was able to run the ball, including a running back that went off and got five touchdowns. Shout out to uh, – Hassan Haskins for the game that he had yesterday. Um, it's interesting because Ohio State has been running the Big Ten for so long, and now it looks like it could come to an end as of this season. But continuing on, I think Ohio State may still find their mojo and get right back into the saddle. But as of the way that they lost this game and also the game they lost earlier the season up against Oregon, it's like if they go up against an offense that can put points up on the board, it's a challenge for Ohio State. But if Ohio State is actually going up against a team that's mediocre uh, and scoring the ball, they'll take advantage of the situation and cruise to a win. So this was a very interesting win. I, I want to get to this one first to see how you guys feel. I want to get to a couple of the games too. Um, I mean, game or games if you guys want to analyze it, but I know this is the one I could not wait to talk about. Uh, I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this matchup between uh, Michigan and Ohio State. You know, the interesting thing to me is you wonder what the blowback was going to be, like you said, if Michigan had lost this game. So, you know, Harbaugh has this kind of monkey off his back, so we don't really have to hear that now as far as whether or not he can beat them now. You know, the next question would be can he beat them more than once? You know, John Cooper years ago at Ohio State got fired because he went like 2-9 and against Michigan, right? So, you know, how many times – Will it take him to win another one? I don't know, but at least he's got the monkey off his back this year, and we don't have to hear it. And um, so now we at least know that that Michigan uh, coaching job, you know, he got another contract extension this year, uh, and now they won this game. So he kind of got the monkey off the back. I was surprised at the way they ran the ball. You know, it's really cold, uh, and so I thought maybe that would limit Ohio State's offense a little bit. But you're right. I mean, to me, the biggest question is, you look at all these studs and all these receivers and everything that Ohio State had, the biggest question to me was, like, that defense just apparently did not show up. They had more holes in it than twist cheese when it came to stopping the run yesterday, and Michigan exploited it. So uh, good on the maize and blue, I guess. And now uh, we don't have to hear this talk about can Harbaugh ever beat Ohio State anymore. I don't think he gets out the win that easy just just by winning this game. He got he to do more than just one. He's one in five out of the last six. So, that, that's interesting that you say that. Eric, your, your thoughts on this matchup, how Ohio State finally loses a game after 10 years. This is a nine-game losing streak that they finally closed the deal on, being Michigan Wolverine. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you here, Timeless, with uh, he's not off the hook because he now has a combined record of 3-9 and nine against Michigan's biggest rivals with Michigan State and Ohio State, and we all know that's his first one against Ohio State. So, He's going to have to sustain that. Um, Ohio State fell flat on their face with their defense. I mean, 
uh, coming into the game, Michigan wasn't one of the top rushing uh, schools in the nation, and they sure looked like it yesterday. So they can stop anything. They can get too much going on offense. That The big house was rocking. I think that had a lot to play into it, too. And, of course, the snow, it was a good game. And now Michigan, it's going to be interesting to see what this playoff committee does. Uh, are they going to put Notre Dame in there at number four, or are they going to give the nod to Michigan? Because with Ohio State's loss, um, you know, things are going to shake up. And in another game, too, uh, we can chop that up next. I'd like to touch on that Alabama game because they've been just barely getting by all year. So it, it may be a case for them to come out of the uh, top four with the performance they had yesterday. So they needed everything to come back. But uh, it, it was great for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. But he's going to have to sustain this going forward. You know, one game doesn't make her. You know, uh, how he's been losing, one game doesn't really make a, a difference. So they, he's getting pelted around by both Michigan State and Ohio State. I totally agree. This is this is one small step. I feel like uh, this actually gets him to breathe again. You could even see when they knew they had the game won, he turned around and hugged somebody so hard because he knew what it meant. He knew what it meant. You <laughs> yeah. know how some coaches – you know, some coaches, like, they do that, the fist pump, like, yeah, we got it, and try to act like, you know, solid in their, you know, their figure, things of that nature. They don't want to get too overexcited. He did one of those embraces, like, like he couldn't believe he did it himself. So it's like, okay, Harbaugh got off the hump that way. That's that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, the one thing about Ohio State that I never really paid attention to, I, I thought they really ran like a 4-3 a at times, probably a three-four. They run a four-two-five, right? If you get a strong offensive line and a, a running back that could get in between the tackles and run, they're gonna you're gonna kill Ohio State. They have two. That's okay, what so four-two-five. Right. So they run a four-two-five, which is meaning they got four defensive linemen, two linebackers, and five secondary players. Which three are safeties. They got two corners. So the safeties are at least 10 to 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. The two linebackers are basically playing the edges because there's none of them really playing up the middle unless he's by himself, but he's going to end up seeing alignment sooner or later. And it's going to be a lead fullback that's going to be there. So one way they're going to get picked off. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I seen the start of the game. I was like, they run a 4-2-5. I'm like, okay. And then it wasn't successful. And I'm like, I'm watching it continually. They were just running at them, like watching Michigan just build up more momentum and belief on how they were going to attack them, I'm like, Ohio State has to change this, like, now. They're going to have to get into another set soon. And they were still running that, having a ton of secondary players on the field who could make plays to break up passes. But the the passing game wasn't the thing that was in question. Like, they passed when they, they had to. They didn't have to pass, though. Like, they were successful killing you guys on the ground. And um, shout out to Ohio State's offense as much as they could do with uh, – C.J. Stroud, I think it, it hurts him because he was, they were saying that he was one of the guys that could probably lead uh, toward getting a Heisman. I, I don't even want to just, like, put this against him, but it's a loss, and that's how the committee may judge it. I feel bad about that because he's actually been playing well throughout the season, especially the game he had last week up against Michigan State. And also, um, I may butcher his name, uh, Smith and Jigba. Uh, he had 11 receptions for 127 yards. He actually had one ridiculous catch yesterday. Uh, the guy was running into his chest. He caught the ball behind his behind the defender's back, 
one-handed, and he's getting tackled at the same time. That that had been one of the more craziest catches I've ever seen. So shout out to him too uh, in this game. But nevertheless, this, this game didn't disappoint. Finally, Michigan actually pulled this out, and I I still call this a game to be played. I don't call this a rivalry because Ohio State's taking care of business, but um, they did win this game. I don't. They they got to win at least a streak of like three. At least at least get two more games back for Michigan, even though the the record overall is 59-52-6 and six in favor of Michigan. But um, still, yeah, not the way that it has looked for the past 21 years. Let's, let's say 22. Let's say 22 because this game counts, right? It's 18-4. to four. That's disgusting. That, that's, that's not a rivalry. Yep. That, that's not a rivalry. I, that, that, that's a game to be played. That's a game to yep. be played. And they'll beat them again next year. Ohio State will beat them again next Who? year. No, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll tell you that's right what I'm now, saying. Ohio that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if they get them next year, then they, they, they can just cancel all the hype behind this. Like, like, forget it. Just forget it. Because this is like well, an average one, one every two, seven years. Uh, we got to give praise to Michigan's defense because all year uh, this receiving core for Ohio State has been torching Everybody, that's how they get these points. And Michigan stayed in front of the receivers all day long, and that's that's a really hurt Ohio State. They can get those big plays that they're accustomed to. Well, I think the elements played a part in that too. So that that's the one thing that helped them. You know, the snow could be a factor yep. on how the ball being thrown, things of that nature. So I got to be fair. You know what I'm saying? Like I get it, and I got to respect it, even though it was snow flurries. You know, things of that nature. You know, so. I give them the credit for making it happen and slowing them down, but they still had a decent day to make this a game. It's just that I really blame Ohio State's defense. They couldn't stop them from running. They couldn't. They couldn't stop anybody that got back there and, and grabbed the ball and went and did their thing. It, it, that was that was a point, simple Tom, football. That, that, to your point, Tom, I don't understand why you don't put. I don't understand why you don't put just seven or even eight in the box and make them try to throw the ball when you know the the weather conditions of snow is wet and whatever else, and, and you saw how much they were gashing them with the run, like you said, either go back to a 3-4 or 4-3. But at one point, like I believe if I'm the defensive coordinator for Ohio State, I put eight in the box. Now run. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And, and they try to beat me throwing the ball, but I, I don't understand why they didn't stack the box. I don't know either. They're going to have to ask uh, Coach Day about that situation. Um, I, I'm baffled on how they didn't try to go to the drawing board and try to figure this out. But nevertheless, I know this is something that uh, Michigan wanted to see get done as soon as possible because if they'd have got to a 10-game losing streak, I, I think people would have it'd have been mayhem around Ann Arbor, Detroit, and all of those areas because Detroit's only 30 minutes away from Ann Arbor if you've ever been to Michigan. Okay, so – I know that this is something that Eric wanted to break down. Alabama winning their matchup 24 to 22 up against Auburn in the Alabama uh, game, you know, because it's in the state of Alabama, in which this went the four overtimes. Um, I understand the rules of it, but I like the old school overtime. Like, let them get their four down, sort of 25 or 35, and try to make it happen. After the second one is just two point conversions and. If you stop them both times, then it's another overtime. You stop them another, and it, it made it interesting. But nevertheless, uh, Alabama stopped Auburn, and Bryce Young sets up an out route, and uh, Michi wins and, and gets a two-point conversion converted. 
and that's the end of the game, and just watching that whole stadium just be shut down quiet. I'm like, just I'm just looking at him run to the middle of the field being Nick Saban. I'm like, this dude is no joke. He is no joke. One way or another, he's going to pull it out. But this is something that Eric wanted to break down. I do want to see which way you want to go because I'd love to discuss it as well. Eric, your thoughts on Alabama in general and how they've been getting by, as you say, uh, for the season. Uh, yeah, you know, when I after that Ohio State game, I flipped it over to that, and I was stunned that it was a 10-3 to ball game. Alabama had only put up three points until 20 sec- 27 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Then they get that game-tying touchdown, and it's like, oh, here we go. Nonetheless, they did get the job done. But with teams like Notre Dame and Michigan vying to get in that final playoff spot, do you see Alabama being knocked out, or did that win solidify their top four spot in the playoff ranking? Oh, they're they're not going to move Alabama out of the top four. Uh, I, I think they're going to remain there. Uh, it depends on if they move them to two or not is the question. From what I'm hearing, they're saying that they, from Michigan going from five to two, they're saying Michigan beating Ohio State put them in second place. If the committee does that, I I just don't like them. Like they, it, it, I feel like yeah. they do things on purpose to like make yep. America bad. Like like they're not doing this correctly. I I don't I don't think to me I don't think Michigan's a better team than Alabama. And hell, people may get mad at what I'm about to say. I don't care what nobody does. They should not be in front of Cincinnati. What Cincinnati's been able to do for the past few years. Cincinnati's on a 24 yeah. game winning streak in the regular season. And you yeah. guys are just overlooking them. They're going to, you're going to keep them at four if that's the case. So if you move Michigan from five to two, Alabama remains three, and, Miss, and Cincinnati don't move and they won out, that, that you're, you're penalizing them for the conference that they're in because they're in that conference. Then move them. Then move them out of the conference. And that, what, does that take place next season? That, that, that's, that's nowhere near fair. Like, I, I don't like that at all. I don't. Um, but, I, again, I, Alabama is in. I, I don't know how they see out. But the crazy thing is this Saturday comes up, something's going to give. Something has to burn because um, Georgia yeah. and Alabama are going to go at it for the SEC championship. So we will see. Uh, Mike, is there anything that you that you effectively see from what Eric has said? Yeah, so I, I agree, and I think Alabama is going to get a lot of people's best shots. Uh, you know, it, Eric, you said 10 to 3 until 27 seconds ago. It was 10 to nothing. With nine minutes to go in the game, Alabama hadn't even got on the board, right? Yeah. So, to me, I'm looking at that. And what surprised me about that game was how much pressure Auburn was able to get on Bryce Young and on the quarterback. Uh, Alabama did not do a good job protecting the quarterback at all. Uh, you know, and Auburn just about won this game with a backup quarterback. LSU transfer, but a backup quarterback nonetheless. And so, I mean, listen, when, when those two teams play, it is a huge rivalry game. Uh, you know, they, you've heard the old cliche about how you can throw the record books out the window and blah, 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 this and that and this. this. Listen, this weekend, if Alabama doesn't do a better job protecting, uh, it'll be interesting to see because I do think that uh, that defense that Alabama has, even though at times they have looked a little bit not Saban-esque, so to speak, uh, that might be the best defense that Georgia's faced this year. So uh, to see what kind of test 
uh, how Georgia passes that test of the Alabama defense will be interesting. If Georgia were to beat Alabama handily this weekend, I think it pushes Alabama out of that top four. If it's a close football game, then that's a different discussion, uh, and we'll see what happens. But if Georgia beats Alabama by a couple of touchdowns this weekend, it knocks Alabama out of that top four. I want, I want to know why is that the total discussion? What if Alabama beats Georgia? Like, where did that come into play? Do you know I said that's yeah. the evil genius walking into that middle of that field? Do you know that Nick Saban yeah. has been punishing Georgia for a long time, including a game-winning, buzzer-beating touchdown that two or threw to Devontae Smith to beat him for a national championship? When Georgia had their hands on the yeah. game, everybody thought Georgia was going to win the game. Nick Saban yeah. came out and beat them. What about what he did yeah. to them? Exactly, and when when Tua when Tua got sacked too, the play right before that, like a big loss, then he threw the touchdown to Devonta Smith, and that's the thing. It, it depends on how that happens because Georgia's had such a good year, and that defense has been so dominant that I think like the rest of the country is going to be mad if Alabama beats Georgia because if Alabama beats Georgia, you're going to have two SEC teams in the Final Four. Yeah, and the thing with Georgia, they have such a dominant defense. They're on averaging holding their opponents to 14 points a game. So that's something we got to look for in this game. Is, is Alabama going to be another victim uh, to this statistic, or are they going to be able to actually put up points against Georgia? It's going to be a great game Eric, next I, week. I'll, I'll do respect, Eric. I think it's half that. I think Alabama. Yeah. I, I don't think. I think they're only giving up about seven points a game. Yeah. So we will see how that goes down in that game. That's the crazy part. It's like people don't get lost in translation of, of how Georgia's been winning this season all because of their defense. They're going to have to score points too. And I may be brutal in saying this. I'm not a believer in Stetson Bennett. I, I don't think he's a strong quarterback. Uh, we, we ran a number. I'm sorry, go ahead. We, we ran the numbers about him last night in the, in the, with the crew. Um, and his numbers are not stellar at all. Like, you would think a, a quarterback that's leading the nation right now, number one in the nation, that he should have okay numbers, especially from the, the way that the defense is getting him the ball. His numbers, he has, like, less than 1,800 yards passing on the season. And I get it. Oh, they're pulling him out in certain games. They're pulling him out in this, that, and the third. Okay, to get a 250, like, average 250 yards a game and get off the field. You're letting the running back carry you, and this is one thing that you're going up against Alabama. Alabama is better at defending up against the run than the pass. So you're going to have to beat them in the air. If you're if you're hoping that that running game wins, which there's going to be some play that they may break and get 10 or 15 chunk yards here or there, but he's going to have to make passes to beat Alabama. It's not going to be you hoping and praying that the defense gets it done. I think Bryce Young's a better quarterback than him. I, I'm going to literally say it right now. I think oh. he is. So – that, that's one thing that has to be there has to be so we have to see that as soon as possible. I'm not a big um, fan of Bennett, just like you. I also think JT Daniels may have to get some yards for them uh, in the passing game, the USC transfer. Like he may be critical for them, whether it be this game or moving forward for Georgia winning national championship. Stetson Bennett's a game manager. Very much reminds me of a guy like Jay Barker back in the early '90s for Alabama. Uh, he's not. You know, he's just he's a game manager, man, and like you hope that uh, you can win in spite of the of what he gives you at the quarterback position because it's not much. Okay, so we we will see how that 
you know, pans out as time moves on as we get toward next Saturday. Another game that I did want to discuss is the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game. Um, I do have to give Oklahoma credit. They made this a game while Oklahoma State had taken a, a touchdown advantage in this game. They scored a touchdown, took the lead uh, with a safety, scored a touchdown, went up nine, and then Oklahoma State turned it on and started shutting them down left and right. And um, Caleb Williams, he is the quarterback of the future for that team. Uh, Spencer Rattler, I'm sorry that they said that you were one of the quarterbacks going to the league. You're just going to have to transfer because I don't think you're ready for the NFL. You've lost your job in Oklahoma to a freshman that is good on the run and making passes. He's a playmaker. Forget a, a game manager or things of that nature. This guy is good. Um, he had one 50-yard run or something like that in the midst of this game to get them to the red zone, and they just couldn't seal the deal to make this a game. And it, it, it was just so heightened. You know, everybody on their heels watching the end of this game didn't disappoint. But this is what I want to talk about. Oklahoma's now set, Oklahoma State is now seventh in the nation. With this win, with Ohio State losing, do they go to six, you know what I'm saying, or, or five? How does this work out? Like, are they in the top six now? So Oklahoma State makes an interesting argument for themselves, too, with a one-loss season, especially beating Oklahoma State in that matchup uh, in Bedlam. So this is, this is one game. I don't know if you guys caught or, or heard about the situation, but your thoughts on Oklahoma State uh, making a case for themselves to fight to get back in this thing, being a Big 12 school. I'll go to Mike first. Now, you know, it's interesting because Oklahoma State is definitely the little brother in this matchup. The 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 margin or the has has been so lopsided in favor of the Sooners. Big win for Oklahoma State. I don't even remember when the last time is Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. It just doesn't happen very often. So a very big win for them. You know, they you kinda of lament that one loss earlier in the season. You know, they get the the conference championship game next week. What does this do to them in the rankings? It'll be interesting to see kind of uh, kind of how that pans out. But to your point, like, that's a big win for uh, for the Cowboys yesterday. Your thoughts on the matchup between the Cowboys and the Sooners? Yeah, that, that was a great game yesterday, and Caleb Williams almost pulled it off at the end. Uh, he broke off that big run, got him into nice field position, but they can seal it. But I, I, I do believe, Timeless, that they do get into the number six uh, position. You can't overlook what they've done. They're a one-loss team, and that was a big win uh, yesterday for them. You know, like uh, you just said, this has been the little brother situation for a long time, and they went in and uh, handled business yesterday. So uh, I think they do get up to six. And, it, and, it, it, and it's interesting how this all pans out because now everybody's going to be holding their breath for this coming Saturday to see who wins their conference championships. If they lose some of these guys that are at the, the top of their conference and at the top of this uh, top 25, if they lose, they set themselves back. So it's not over yet, and including this Georgia-Alabama situation. Like, this this is the end all for both of them. Like, especially if Georgia loses, it depends on how critical the committee will hold it. And if Alabama loses, do they just outright put them outside of the the top six? Like, this could be very interesting on how this pans out. So seven whole days or six days from now, we will see how this all goes down. Um, The other game that I was speaking on before I get away from here, too, was the Michigan State uh, 
Penn State situation. Michigan State wins this game 30-27. to 27. Um, Both of these coaches got extensions, and they were impactful extensions for Franklin and Tucker as well. Um, Tucker's situation came after a brutal loss up against Ohio State. But uh, Franklin got this extension after going 7-5. and five. Like, this doesn't warrant, like, this type of reward. Um, I want to see how you guys feel about this, being a Big Ten school. Penn State has been in the thick of things. I think they play stronger football when they play whiteout games. But, I mean, is this questionable, or do you, are you accepting this? Eric, I'll start with you first. Uh, the Michigan State game where they win this game on senior day in East Lansing, 30-27. Both of these coaches get extensions. But how do you feel about both? Um, I mean, Tucker, uh, I think Tucker earned his, but he just, he got the extension in front of that Ohio State game and made it look bad. Uh, but Franklin's situation, not so much. Like, I, I'm not sold on Penn State, especially with the way that this season ended out. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Timeless, on the Penn State ordeal. Uh, seven and five, uh, you know, that I mean, that doesn't warrant that kind of extension in my book. And uh, you got to look at Michigan State. They did get knocked on their butts. But they came back and got the win yesterday. Tough fought win, still 10-2. and two. Um, So I, I think Michigan State will be fine. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's warranted for that extension. Um, we'll just see what happens next year, um, you know, what, whether, where they're going to be in the rankings. But uh, he's going to have to perform year in and year out from here on out. When you're getting that kind of money, you expect results. So in 7-5 and five versus 10-2, it's a no-brainer. Okay, Mike, just talked about the situation with this game between Michigan State and Penn State and both these coaches getting respective uh, rewards, you know, for the season or for the job that they've done for both uh, universities. How do you feel about Tucker and Franklin? Uh, well, I was hoping that Mel Tucker would be in Baton Rouge, so that gives you an idea, like, how much of a fan of him I am. Uh, and I honestly think that, though I, I – I agree with both of you about James Franklin. This not this record this year, and you consider last year they had a down year during COVID, too, not warranting that kind of extension, right? Well, what I will say is I think this is a product of the fact that there are four big-time uh, coaching vacancies that are coming open and uh, really big-time jobs in Florida and Miami and LSU and USC, huge job openings. And, so Franklin and his agents kind of tried to leverage and, and threw his name out there in consideration for other places. And so Penn State kind of felt pressured by that and said, well, if we want to make sure to keep him here, this is what we got to do. And so I really believe that if you hadn't seen these quality of job jobs come open this year, the extension probably wouldn't have happened. So I think it's as big of, I think it's as much a product of that than it is the performance on the field. And let's see, what happens moving forward if Penn State's going to regret the day that they signed this guy to such a big extension? I want to ask both of you a question. I'll come right back to you, Mike, and I'll go to Eric. Do you think Franklin to win the Big Ten? Do I think he can win the Big Ten? Uh, I mean, I think he can, but I don't think he will. I mean, it's it's possible. I just feel like you know, Penn State is better than they than they have been. Like, they're starting to come back. Bill O'Brien sort of started to help. And then 
Uh, Franklin has done a really nice job there. But I just still think they're looking up. They they still have too far to go to catch Ohio State. And I uh, I, I think Michigan State is, uh, as we saw yesterday, in a little better shape right now with good coaching. And, uh, and Harbaugh and Michigan, you know, had a bounce back season two. So, at best, they're the fourth best team in that league. And, I'm, I mean, can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? I would – I, I would guess no. Uh, yeah, I'm okay, also Eric, with Mike on this. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with Mike on this one too. Timeless. I mean, yeah, of course it can happen, but will it? Probably not. There's just too much uh, top competition there for him to uh, get over the hump. Um, I, I don't see him getting over Ohio State, let alone Michigan State as well. So. Um, and you can also throw. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big conference. You got Michigan, Iowa. Um, so I mean, those teams I think are ahead of the pack uh, when it comes to Penn State. So it's going to be an uphill battle for sure for him. I don't think he gets it done. Because I look at Tucker's situation while he's with Michigan State. At least Kenneth Walker could help save him because he's young right now. He's he got a year or two of him before the NFL start gathering for him, if not next year before he tried to make the difference for him trying to make that happen. I don't see any recruiting class coming to Penn State to save Penn State to make them elevate to beat a Michigan. You didn't even say Michigan, Ohio State. Iowa has to clear the course sooner or later. They can't keep going 10-2, and 11-1, or 12-0 and and get to the championship game and lose. Like, Iowa has to win that. Like, exactly. they can't keep doing good all season long and then losing that. Penn State is always in the middle of the pack. I don't see them getting any better. Like, you see them win that game where they play Ohio State or uh, uh, Michigan State and have a whiteout game in Happy Valley, and they'll win that game. But still in the midst of their duration, they'll lose like two to four games in a season. And I, I don't – the way that they're approaching that, I don't feel like he has it. Like, we will see – and I feel like I'm being more pessimistic, but that's that's what I've seen since he's been there, and that that's how I feel about the situation. I feel like he can be better, but will it? I I I don't know. Um, Penn State hasn't had this aura around them. Hmm. I want to say since the '90s, like Kijana Carter and them. Like that's the days that I can really think of, like when they were that strongly relevant. You know, like like Penn State is putting those wins up that they need to, but are they? You know. Championship caliber, like that—that—that's pushing it for me. Like I—I I don't think so. I agree. I don't think. So. Agree. Caller number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. We got you locked and loaded for the next fifty minutes or more. Um, is there any other game that I may have missed that you guys want to touch on, or a score that I said that you guys yeah. want to touch on before I get get away from this as well? Yes, sir. Really quickly. Uh, I, I just had two real fast. Okay. Uh, so, shout out to Ole Miss, even though I'm never big, big a big fan of the Rebels. The first time in their school history that they were able to win 10 games in a regular season. Nice job by Lane Kiffin and, and the Ole Miss Rebels. And that was a, uh, especially compared to what we saw the last couple of years, that was a very good Egg Bowl uh, on Thanksgiving night in the state of Mississippi. And then, you know, shout out to LSU, man. Man, they've had so many guys, 10 of your top 15 best players out, man. They had a lot of guys missing. And for them to pull it out last night, last minute, and be able to put together a last-minute drive and win that game 
even though Max Johnson got sacked like 38 times in the second half last night. Uh, they were finally able to put together enough to, to win that football game. So, shout out to them. You know, very few places can you go 51-20 and 20 and still get fired, but uh, that's what happens with Ed Ogeron and LSU. But they were able to pull it out. And all I'm going to say is, man, Texas A&M, they beat Alabama and Auburn, but they forgot about the rest of the SEC uh, West, and they lost four other games all to the rest of the West, SEC West, both Mississippi schools, Arkansas, and now LSU. You got to beat them all, Jimbo. You can't just beat some of them. They go eight and four, and listen, that's the same kind of record that got the black coach fired at A and M and Kevin Tumbler. So they're supposed to be great. They're supposed to be like on the precipice of being good. They got some great recruiting classes coming in, and maybe they will. Uh, maybe they will rally. Maybe this quarterback settles in, and there'll be something special over the next couple of years. But Jimbo, you got to show me. Wow. Um, Eric, is there anything that you'd like to add? Uh, just uh, another disappointing uh, season for USC. Um, they got a pretty good class coming in next uh, year. They had some injuries they were pretty much decimated by. They had a chance to to win last night and to, you know, be bowl eligible, and they just came up short. So just, yeah, wanted to touch on that real quick. Eric, I love you, bro. I got to tell you that. Um, I, yep. I wanted – I wanted to, like, let you get out whatever game you want to talk about, but my question was, when does USC get back to their strong relevance? I know, how do I say this? Yep. Hmm. In the 90s, I remember Keyshawn, when Keyshawn was going crazy. 2000, we know the, the Lindell Bush and the Reggie White, Matt, Matt Leinart era went crazy. Yep. And it's like the 2010s kicked in. They were up and down, not really themselves, and now the latter part of 2010s going to the 2020s, they are not in the discussion, especially in the Pac-12, where they dominated for decades, if not a, a half a century, I want to say. Like, I really want to go there, you know. When do they get back to this? Like, when do they find a strong coach? They, they got rid of their coach this season, too, so it's like in the midst of the season. So it's like, when does the recruiting fall back into play? Like, what, what strong coaching candidate gets in the saddle? Like, because it's, it's been big name after big name that has taken that job on, and they've not been successful bringing it back to L.A. How or when, how do I say that, does USC get back into this, this relevancy? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I would look at LSU. Uh, I, I would look at bringing Ed Order in. in uh, you know, he kind of got the shaft. Yeah, 51-20, and 20. Uh, and just like Mike just said, that, I mean, how do you get fired with a record like that? But if I was USC, I would look to bring him in. I mean, I, I think that's the only viable option at this point, uh, you know, as far as good coaches and big-name coaches. Um, they just finally got over the hump of, you know, the Pete Carroll error. Uh, they got decimated with all those uh, penalties for, you know, recruiting and stuff. So, I think, uh, you know, next year they're going to start to climb the hill to get back up there, but it's going to take some time. But I, I would definitely like to see Ed Orger on, on our team for sure. I want to answer this question. We asked how you get fired with a record like that, and it's you lose ha over half of those 20 games in the last two seasons. That's how it happens. I'm just saying, like, I'm not no. necessarily even saying that's right. But I think Ogeron is at least going to take a year off. Uh, he's getting paid $12 million to kind of be an ambassador for the university for a little while. But 
You know, that's that's interesting because I, I think that's a uh I think that's a candidate that hasn't been talked about and that uh to hear a USC fan mention because Ed Ogeron a lot of people felt like should have gotten that job before after he went six and two as the interim coach. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't think you were going that way, but I, I like that name. I think he'd probably be one of the names. And um, just seeing how these names get thrown around, as much as Lane Kiffin has been enticing himself to come to my school, it's like, oh, I don't want him, man. I, I don't want him, but he's like, <laughs> yeah. if the opportunity presents itself, I'll go to South Beach, I'll go coach at the U. I'm like, and he loves us. This is how bad it is. They caught him at a – I didn't even know this is true. While he was coaching one of these teams, I don't know if it was while he is with Ole Miss, or somewhere in Florida, they caught him at a hurricane game where we scored a touchdown. He was front row in all hurricane gear, slapping the guys on their helmets after they scored a touchdown. I'm like, this is like I'm like, well, it was FAU that was when he was coaching at FAU. Yes. Oh my goodness! I seen this picture. I was like, yo, is that fake? Like I thought they they. Trolled me. I'm like, no, that's a real. It was a real picture. He was decorated in all you gear. He had the, the visor. He had a t-shirt. Every. I was like, what? And, and so I already know. I don't want a coach with baggage in Miami. Like, and I don't fell into this Miami conversation. Um, I, I really hope Ray or Ed will just jump in there or them get players that that know college and pro ranks or how to get the job done. I don't want any coach with baggage. Like, get one of these guys that have a point to prove, like like how Dion just jumped in there and went to Jackson State. Get a name and let all these kids be like, hey, well, he's there, we're, we're going to come there. Like, don't just have these coaches that have a name and they go to their their family living room and be like, hey, well, get your son in the school, yada, yada, yada. Nah. Let that name tell itself. And then they see this guy. they like, your son is sitting in the other room. Like, I can't wait to jump out of here and see Ray Lewis in the living room. You know what I'm saying? Like, something like that. Like, But that nevertheless, like, Ed Ogeron is one of the names, and, and like more than likely the way the things are looking for Miami, Manny Diaz is potentially out of this job at the end of the season. Uh, he won the game yesterday up against Duke, forty-seven to ten. I must say, Tyler Van Dyke is doing a great job. Connecticut quarterback, I love that. That's awesome that he's from here. Um, but now they got their own issues because it's between him or uh, Jake Garcia because he's a five-star quarterback out of Georgia depending on what the coaches see, because Red Lastly just got the job at SMU. He's going to be the head coach next season for SMU, where he was offered the coordinator there. Uh, they finally gave him the head coaching position. So this is going to be all a new situation. Uh, if Ben Diaz is gone, Red Lastly is gone, they got a new AD. So Miami is cleaning house and adding money to the situation too. So Miami is not playing around. I like that. So I didn't want to fall into this, y'all. I didn't want to get this personal. I did this wasn't my job. Okay. So um, anything else that you guys like to add before I, I, I get totally hurricaned out and you guys get disgusted with me? I don't want this because I could do this all day. <laughs> I can do this all day. <laughs> you, you, you can hear me now clearing my lungs. Believe me, I've just started. Okay, the silence helps me. Okay, so we will get into the week 12. Scores and that of that nature. First and foremost, we have the Thanksgiving Day games in which the Chicago Bears beat the Detroit Lions 16 to 14 at a late last-second game-winning field goal uh, by Santos. And the crazy part about that is 
<laughs> Santos was kicking for the Lions and couldn't nail a kick. Uh, and I think that was Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Raiders win their matchup up against the Cowboys, 36-33. to In one of those nail-biting situations, this game went to overtime, and um, the Cowboys could not seal the deal in this matchup. And lastly, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they went to New Orleans and just practiced, 31-6. to The Saints, uh, this is bad, Mike, that I'm saying this. If they can't keep these guys healthy, one, I'm waiting for Kamara to get back because it's not for – I don't – I really feel like he's the biggest piece of that offense. I could care less if, if they put another name there. Kamara has to play. He has to play for them. And um, I, I know Sean Payton is a quarterback whisperer, but I, I think Trevor Simeon is a lot to whisper to. He's a lot to whisper to. Um, against a Bills defense that has been up and down, and Tredavious White is now out for the season too. So that's huge against the Buffalo Bills as well. Um, anything that you guys would like to mention while I'm looking at these scores right here? You you can't whisper to Trevor Simeon. He's deaf. It's time for that experiment to be over. Oh, when you didn't have when you, when you didn't have Kamara and you didn't have Ingram, now you don't have any of the running backs. Uh, you got to go with Taysom Hill and just hope for the best for the rest of the year. Prepare for the draft next year. This is a train wreck right now in New Orleans. You are brutal. <laughs> And the thing is, if if Winston was still out there playing and they had Kamara, I think it'd be a different story, you know, because their defense has played pretty well. I think New Orleans would have had a shot if those two guys stayed healthy. I 100% agree with you, but this starting lineup that they put out there offensively, it looked like back when they used to have – I got it, thank you. Uh, When they used to have four preseason games, this looked like a fourth preseason game starting lineup. I'm good, I promise. Uh yeah, this looked like a fourth preseason game starting lineup. It was terrible. Like I said, it's time to end. It's time to end the Trevor semi pro experiment. Let him go back and do something else. Carry a clipboard or something. We need uh, put Taysom Hill back there. And if he takes his lumps, he takes his lumps, and then he doesn't get another contract. And then we need to bring Jameis Winston back and figure out what else we're going to do with the quarterback position. But right now, it is bad. The offense is anemic. And right now in New Orleans, they better start doing some second lining or start drinking or something because somehow we got to make it through the rest of this year. This is, you know, he has a gun out and he is shooting. He is shooting. Lord, have mercy. Okay. I don't even know if I want to stop you. And I don't even want you picking on your team. Whoa. Oh, my God. That 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 is must-hear stuff. Um, we do have serious here. Aaron, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? You know, I'm not even trying to come in right now, man. I stepped in the building and my man is throwing bombs. You know, I'm going to go back on you and let the man have his moment. Good God. What's going on, y'all? How are we doing this evening? The the, the first What's game up, we man? have are the the first game we have are the Steelers and the Bengals. The Steelers are in Cincinnati. For an AFC North matchup, I'll come to you, Aaron, on this one. Who do you like and why? I mean, y'all know who I like, but the reason as to why is I think we're getting T.J. Watt back, which is going to be big. Uh, T.J. Watt didn't play in the last matchup. Um, we are missing Joe Hayden on the outside, but Mika Fitzpatrick is back. Um, and the last time we played this team, we had no identity. 
Um, and even though we're not the best at what we do, we are good at just establishing things. And since week five, there hasn't really been a hotter quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. You know, no interceptions, total of 10 touchdowns, QBR of over 103. Um, so he's playing good football. Um, so I honestly think that we get it done today. I expect it to be close. I expect it to be a kind of a nail-biter situation, but give me Pittsburgh uh, to get the job done today. Okay, Eric, how about you? Steelers or Bengals in Cincinnati? Who do you like in this game and why? I'm going with Cincinnati in a close game just because uh, they're going to have to stop Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase. Uh, with that being said, if they can find a way to get that done, they could win this game. But I, I like Cincinnati at home. Okay, Mr. Harvey, don't shoot. Steelers and Bengals, who do you like and why? Well, uh, I, I think I've got everything. And the funny thing is, is I was telling you guys all that while I was walking down the jetway. So I know I had a couple of people looking like, this guy is so serious right now. Uh, but no, like, I'm going to go with uh, – you know, I saw what happened earlier this year, and but I still don't think that Cincinnati has really learned how to digest success. They have a little bit of success, and all of a sudden uh, the heartburn kicks in, and then they start choking it up the next week. So I think somehow Pittsburgh finds a way to win today. I'm going to go with Cincinnati at home. They have to prove that this is a legit record of them being 6-4 and four at this point in time. If they lose this game and fall to 6-5, and five, I think it all starts to fall apart for the Bengals. The Bengals have gotten too far too soon. Um, and the, the Steelers, I, I got to give them credit. As much as everybody, including myself at the start of the season, was like it's done, it's over for Ben Roethlisberger. But the numbers that series just put together, it's like it makes it interesting that this guy's up to his old tricks again and trying to force these guys to get back to a playoff bid. If he gets this win, they'll get to the 6-4. and four. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, though, to put the Steelers at 5-5 five and five and keep them 500, but still give them a shot to get somewhere near the playoffs or in the playoffs if they can. But I'm going Cincinnati in this matchup. The next matchup we have are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Indianapolis up against the Colts, in which the injury bug is still around. Antonio Brown, he is out for this situation. I want to see how you guys feel about this matchup. Buccaneers or Colts, Mike, I'll come to you first. Mike, if you can hear me. Um, If not, I will go to Eric. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I, I've been wrong on Cincinnati. I was—I mean, on uh, the Colts, I was very wrong last week. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor might be scoring again right now as we speak, based on what happened last weekend. The way he—I uh, mean, man—he just owned the Buffalo Bills a week ago. I'm impressed with what he did in the ground game. And Jonathan Taylor is a guy that I really thought a lot of coming out of college, and it looks like he's starting to really uh, turn into that back, but. I don't want to jinx him, so I'm going to pick against him. And I'm going to say that, uh, as you always like to say, timeless, there's a story of a man named Brady. Uh, and I think that that story involves him beating the Indianapolis Colts today. 
Okay, he knows the song. Eric, your thoughts on this game? Buccaneers or Colts in Indianapolis? I think Indy's going to give it all they got. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, if he has a big game, I think Tampa Bay will be in trouble. But you can't go against Tom Brady. Uh, you know, 8-7-3 and three already. They're one of the top NFC teams. And when he's out on the field, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. It's tough to go against him. And even with Antonio Brown being out, they still got a boatload of weapons. So I look for uh, Tampa Bay to get it done in a good game today. Well, Sirius, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like, Buccaneers or Colts? You know, I really want to pick Tampa Bay. Um, I really do. But if you look at their home road splits this season, Tampa Bay has gotten smacked around on the road all year. Um, and I do believe this game is at Indianapolis. Um, the one thing that the Indianapolis Colts do well is run the football, and regardless of whether home or away, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks have seen to be able to stop the run. Um, Vita Vea, the defensive tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is not playing today, so that's going to be a, a situation that they're going to have to figure out. Um, so I'm going to pick Indianapolis uh, to, to, to win this ball game. I do think Michael Pittman is going to be able to get off today. I, I, that secondary for Tampa Bay is in trouble. Um, we saw a T.Y. Hilton fighting last week, so maybe this is two consecutive weeks he, he's active and does something. So um, give me um, give me Indianapolis to pull off an upset here. I'm going to go with the Masters. I'm going with Thomas Brady and these Buccaneers. The one thing that's the strength for the Colts is their running game. And the Buccaneers' strength on their defense is stopping the run with Sue and company in the midst of that. If they start passing, then it may make it interesting because their corners aren't that great, but they can make plays. And um, I just don't think that Carson Wentz could outshoot Tom Brady. I, I, this, this is a very interesting matchup with all of the heightened, you know, before and after on how the Philadelphia Eagles and the, the Patriots did it, but Wentz wasn't there or whatever. I'm still going with Brady to pull this one out. I'm, I'm going Buccaneers on this one. The next matchup I have is a very interesting one, at least to me. I want to see how you guys feel about it. We have the Carolina Panthers going to the Miami Dolphins, in which Cam Newton is now in the third game uh, going up against this Dolphins team. We don't know which direction this Dolphins team is going. The Panthers are now 5-6 and six on the season. They're 3-2 and two on the road. They actually played better on the road in which the Dolphins are 2-3 and three at home. They play just as even as they do on the road or away. I will set this one off. I'm actually going to go with the Dolphins to win this game. I got the Dolphins picking this up against the Panthers. Uh, as much as I want to see Cam do well, it's just something about how this team is not falling in line, especially a momentum game up against Washington where they should have won that game. And, uh, it just all fell apart, especially late where they couldn't get it done. But Cam does still look like he is the guy to run the show there um, to be the quarterback. I still feel like he's about a game away before we can get full comfort of the Cam Newton Superman zone while he's the quarterback there. But nevertheless, I think the Dolphins actually pulled this upset off. I'm calling this an upset uh, up against the Panthers. Um, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Panthers visiting the Dolphins. You're leaving Miami. Who wins? I'm friends with the voices inside of my head. The Dolphins have got a lot of things going on. They really have an identity crisis. I don't know if they still haven't really figured out who they are or what they are. Um, I'm, I'm not picking them again for the rest of the year, I don't think, unless they play the Jets again. 
so I'm going to go with uh, Cam and Carolina. They, they find a way to get a win on the road. But I don't feel good about it. I don't like either one of these teams. And this is just not a game I'm very comfortable picking. But I'm going to go with Cam just because I like him. So we're going to say, Cam, oh, Cam, and, and the Panthers win today. Okay, Eric, who do you like in this matchup? Panthers or Dolphins in Hard Rock Stadium? Yeah, this is kind of a must-win situation for both teams to remain in, in playoff hunt here. So I think Cam Newton and the Panthers rebound and, and get a win on the road today against Miami. I think Cam, uh, you know, puts on his cape and flies. Wow, I don't seem like I'm alone. Okay. Uh, Mr. Simmons, how about you? How do you feel about the situation, Panthers or Dolphins? Serious, are you there? Can you hear me? No, boy. Aaron, do you have technical difficulty? Can you hear me? Okay, so we'll wait till he gets that right. Um, the next matchup we have are the Tennessee Titans up against the New England Patriots. This is a very interesting matchup because uh, the Titans are injured left and right. A.J. Brown has now been told, or he's now been told to us that he's on IR. Uh, Julio Jones has been out on IR. Derrick Henry is out for the good duration of the season. I, um, Lord forgive me for what I'm about to say. I did not believe in Ryan Tannehill while he was in Miami. He got to Tennessee. He had a, a beast of a running back in Derrick Henry, and he got another $100 million bag. And I'm like, prove it to me. But Derrick Henry has been helping him kind of like coast through these situations. Now he is going to have to prove that he can win games, period. They picked up Golden Tate because they had, you know, injuries at the receiver position. Now A.J. Brown is down and out. This is an uphill situation. I think the Patriots win this game. I'll go first. Um, Tannehill, make me a believer. I don't believe in you without everybody. Now, now this, this is especially Holder, and this is this, I have to ice the cake. This is a situation where you know Bill Belichick tried to take away your strongest weapon, and the strongest weapon at this point is you. Oh, give me the Patriots. I'm I'm, I'm going Patriots, and this is in Massachusetts too. If he pulls this out in Foxborough with everybody gone, I'm shutting up. Please, everybody in Sports City, please remind me to apologize. I need to apologize if Tannehill gets this done in New England with everybody gone, with everybody. Please, please remind me, please. Okay, Mike, your your pick on this one. Who do you like in this one? It's too late to apologize. I told you guys last week, Tannehill was going to Tannehill sometime soon. I didn't think it was going to be against the Texans, but it was a week ago. Listen, when you don't have your weapons and you can't beat the Jets and you can't beat the Texans, you sure are not going to beat the Patriots. Give me Belichick and the Patriots today. Okay, Eric, your thoughts on this matchup? Titans or Patriots? I agree with the masses here. There's no way on God's green earth if you can't get it done against the Texans, you're going to be able to go into Foxborough and get it against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris have been a nice little one-two running back 
Tatum this year. Uh, you got Mac Jones, who's uh, emerging into a, you know, blossoming into a star right in front of our eyes under Belichick. And uh, I, I look for the Patriots to roll in this game, actually. Tears, are you back, yes or no? Okay, I guess not. So we'll keep on moving. The next matchup I have is the Eagles. I'm back, my bad. Panthers. I have a couple of mute. Demo to roll, man. Okay, so you missed the first one. Panthers or Dolphins? No, I picked the um I picked the Panthers, uh, I picked the Panthers to, to win that one. Okay, and now the Titans are Patriots. You know what? You mentioned that you need to come apologize. You know, there's a show on Tuesday, the NFL Rockin' Show, hosted by your boy, Sirius, and the homie Barry. You know what I'm saying? Pull, pull, pull on up. You know what I'm saying? What you got to say? <laughs> Malik, say what's up. Okay. Anywho, um, but, yeah, um, I think that the uh, Patriots win this one today. I, 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 I wanted the Tennessee just to, be the good, just to be the goose guy. I can't do it today. Give me, give me the Patriots. Okay, moving right along, we have another one, and, and Malik's mom better be around. The Eagles are going to New Jersey to play the Giants. This is a very interesting matchup. I don't know which way to go, so I'm throwing this one around the room. I'll come to you first on this one. Eric, your thoughts on the game? Eagles versus the Giants. Both of these teams are trying to make a push. The Eagles are in second place in the NFC East while the Cowboys are reeling the wrong way, and the Giants have just started to try and figure this out as of late. Your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why? Uh, I, I like the Eagles, uh, just for the simple fact of what you just mentioned. They're they're uh, climbing the hill, and they have a chance to win this division. They've been playing some great football the last three weeks. Jalen Hurts is starting to come around. So I look for the Eagles to win big against the Giants today. Okay, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Eagles or Giants? Who do you like and why? Eagles just have too much offensively, I think, for the Giants. Um, Danny Dimes is not, cannot drop enough dimes for them today. I'll go with the Eagles. Okay, um, Sears, how about you? Are you are you going with the, the wife or are you going to New Jersey on this one? You know what? I'm. I'm going I'm to I'm keep, keep peace in the crib tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go ahead and walk with the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? And I, I can't in good conscience pull with the Giants, especially with my co-host is, is the Giants fan. So, I'm saying, forget the Giants. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Give you the Giants or the Eagles? Who, oh, Lord. Look, look at what's happening. Okay, you know what? I am going to go with the <laughs> Eagles as well. I, I think the way that the Eagles have actually been playing as of late, pulling off of some – interesting wins, especially the way that they got it done in Denver. Um, I feel like the defense is starting to get better. Um, I, I'm going to Eagles to pull this off. Uh, Daniel Jones, you got to prove to me that you are the quarterback for the next three to five years. Right now, I really feel like I give you another two, and they're going to be done with him. Um, if you could pull this win off and start to make a run for the Giants, it would be very interesting. But I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback in this matchup. I'm going with the Eagles to win this one on the road. Uh, Cross-line battle between Pennsylvania and Jersey, even though they're the New York Giants. The next matchup is a very interesting one. We have the Atlanta Falcons on the road up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a very interesting matchup. I want to see how you guys feel about this matchup. Who do you like and why? I'll come to you first on this one, Aaron. Uh, Your thoughts? 
Falcons or Jaguars in Jacksonville? You know what? Let's go to Jags, man. Here's the thing. Yo, I really wanted to pick Atlanta, um, but there's so much surrounding Atlanta. And if you want to get technical, the Jacksonville Jaguar defense is playing uh, better than expected. It's at home. Um, give me the Jags to win this one. Um, I do think they get um, James Robinson back, which is going to help. Um, LaVisca Chanel and company are doing some things right there. And I do like the, the, the tight end, Dan Arnold, that they were able to pick up. Um, so give me Jacksonville to pull off. I don't want to call it an upset or whatever, but give me Jacksonville to win this one. Eric, your thoughts on this game? The Dirty Birds or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, this is definitely a hard game um, to pick, like Sirius said. But um, as he just stated, the Jaguars have a pretty good defense. They're at home. So I'm going with the Jags today. I think Trevor Lawrence uh, starts to climb the hill, and the Jaguars get a big win today at home. Very interesting. Mike, your thoughts on this game, the Falcons or the Jaguars? Just to be different, let me be clear. I do not like the Falcons as a Saints fan. Never have, never will. But I'm going to say they find a way to win in Jacksonville today. So I'll take the Dirty Birds. Okay, very interesting. I think I am going to go with Jacksonville to pull this off. As much as I want to give Matt Ryan some support and doing what he's been doing all his career there in Atlanta, they try to keep pointing the finger at him. While there's more issues there than just him, I think it's more defensively involved. Uh, I, I feel like the Jaguars can get another win on this season, and this potentially can be it. As much as I think the Falcons should win this game, I think something may end up going wrong. Um, I'm going with Jacksonville to win this game. Probably one of the best games of the early start of the 1 o'clock. People may get mad at me, but I don't care. I'm timeless. The Jets are going on the road up against the Houston Texans. They both are 2-8 and eight at this point in time in the season. I don't know who struggles the most out of these teams, but the Texans pulled off a big win as of recent. I will go first on this one. I'm going with the home team in this one. i got to go with the Texans. If the Jets can go in there and disrupt them, I'm clueless on what way both of these teams are going, but I'm, I'm going with the Texans to win this matchup. Mike, I'll come right back to you. Jets or Jets or Texans in Houston? In Tyrod, I trust. Okay, he's okay, going to Texans. Eric, who do you like in this matchup? Jets or Texans? Yep, I'm also going with Tyrod Taylor and the Texans at home. Okay, and Sirius, who do you like in this matchup, Jets or the Texans? Oh, wow. Um, I already have to pick this game. <laughs> um, you know what? Give me the Jets. I, I, I think I like, I like their weapons a little bit more when you got, you know, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis out there and uh, Ty Johnson running the rock. So give me give me the Jets, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sick about it. He just wanted to be different, y'all. We'll, we'll see. We'll be watching this one closely. The next matchup, it starts the 4 o'clock games out. We have the Los Angeles Chargers. Good. I said it right, and I wasn't even looking at L.A. I said it right. Los Angeles Chargers 
up against the Denver Broncos uh, in division battle where both of these teams need this win. I cannot lie. Um, I will come to you first on this one. Eric, your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, no, no, I'll save you next. I, I'll go to uh, Sirius. Sirius, you go first on this one. Chargers or Broncos yeah. in Denver? You know, this is going to be an interesting matchup. As you alluded to, Ty, this is a, a divisional opponent. I do believe that both teams uh, are coming off impressive wins, if you will. Um, I am going to go with Denver in this game um, for the simple fact that I do believe that they've had the longer rest because they played on a Thursday. Um, and, 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 you know, and I, I, I just honestly believe that Denver is going to get it done here. Um, a couple things of note to, 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 to make you guys aware of, the L.A. Chargers defense is interesting. Um, and if you are able to get to Justin Herbert, uh, you can ride him a little bit. Um, so give me give me Denver in a classic AFC West shootout. Uh, I just think they get it done there. Okay, I am going to go Chargers. I feel like Herbert is the better quarterback. As much as I want to see Teddy do well, uh, he's going to have to prove to me that he could consistently do this. He played well up against the Cowboys and then played the Eagles and went to sleep, especially giving up a touchdown to Darius Slade where he could have made a play to tackle him or stop him or corral him. He didn't do anything to stop it. I, I feel like he's lost interest. I, I'm going with the Chargers to win this game on the road. Uh, Eric, who do you have in this one, L.A. or the home team? Yeah, I'm definitely going with the Chargers here as well. Their their offense is way too much for the Broncos to handle. Uh, Herbert's going to have a big game. Uh, they got to stop Austin Eckler. they got to stop Keenan Allen. you got Mike Williams. I just think it's going to be too much to handle for Denver Chargers. The next matchup is the game of the week. The Los Angeles Rams go to the Green Bay Packers. Stafford versus Rodgers. This has been a rivalry since 2009. 2092 have been going at it. Um, who do you guys like in this matchup as the Rams are coming off of a bye? I'll come to you on this one first, Aaron. Your thoughts? Wow. Um, for me, this is going to be interesting because obviously the Rams are coming off a bye. The last two times we've seen the L.A. Rams, they've, they haven't looked apart, um, and they've had some time to stew on it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, his, his injury is well documented. He's not going to have Aaron Jones today, I don't believe. Um but I have a hard time betting against Aaron Rodgers. Um, so give me that Aaron guy uh, to pull off, uh, I don't want to call it an upset, but, you know, get the win here and start the question swirling around the L.A. Rams. This is going to be pretty interesting, too. Eric, your thoughts on this matchup, L.A. Rams or Green Bay Packers? This is in Lambeau. Uh, and there's weather around this one, too. I think there's potential of snowfall. Well, I'm going with Green Bay here, Timeless. I think the Rams are fool's gold. You can't buy championships in any level of professional sports. And uh, Sean McVay, I think he's highly overrated. They're feeling the pressure, and they're going to be on a three-game losing streak after today in Green Bay. Wow. Um, this is tough because the Rams are actually favored in this game. This this is incredible. 
looking at this, um, wow, what are you guys up to? Las Vegas is just so dirty. They are dirty. I do not like Las Vegas at all. This is criminal. Like, for them to go into, okay, just, just look at this with me, people, and, and I know people get sick of me talking about this place because I love the city so damn much or valley or whatever you want to call it, right? But just look at this. The Rams have lost their last two games, right? In which, after that, Stafford has thrown four picks in the last two. In each of those games, he's thrown a pick six. And he's getting a, a receiver in Odell Beckham where you know he's going to try to force-feed him the ball, where I feel like Odell can win matchups up against this secondary uh, in Green Bay. This is incredible. I'm going to go with the Rams. This is horrible. Vegas, <laughs> you are what terrible. Nice. Like, why am I doing this? This is terrible. This is terrible. They are giving the Packers two in Lambeau? Everybody and their mother going to bet Green Bay. I'm going Rams. And I'm not doing – listen, Sports City, believe me, my belief isn't there. <laughs> if I was to believe in this, I would go Packers. It would be so easy for me to say Aaron Rodgers because – Stafford's record up against Aaron Rodgers is bloody. It, it, it's really bad. It's really bad. I think everything changes right here. He stops the bleeding somehow, some way, and uh, Cooper Cup is probably going to take a good advantage up against the secondary. That, that's the only thing I can see right here. It, it, it's tough for me, especially with them losing like this, coming off of a bye week and going into cold weather where these guys are Californians and dealing with nice weather, and they're coming into a 36-degree potential snowfall game, and they're the favorite. Um, I'm going Rams. Vegas is up to something. Uh, the next matchup I have are the Minnesota Vikings going to San Francisco up against the 49ers. Very interesting matchup. Uh, Sirius, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts on this matchup. Who do you like and why? You know what? Here's the thing about this game, man. Um, I'm going with the Vikings. Um, and, I, and for me, it came down to the quarterback that I trust the most. Um, Kirk Cousins has been putting up so many numbers, but nobody wants to pay attention because of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, but Kirk Cousins, you know, has a plus of different weaponry outside. Um, there's some question marks surrounding the, the, the ball carrier for the, the 49ers. It's going to be Eli. It's, it's going to be uh, Mitchell today. It's dealing with a hurt hand. They lined up Debo Samuel back there to run the rock. Jeff Wilson has been sprinkled in. Um, I'm going. I'm, I'm going with the Vikings, man. I'm going with the Vikings. You trying to set somebody off? This is a very tough game. I am not going to lie. Um, for my fantasy purposes, if you have not been paying attention to what the Vikings have been doing, Justin Jefferson is a madman. Do you hear me? This dude is a madman. Look, look, he's putting up numbers that are ideally up to what Moss is doing. He threatened Moss's record, rookie uh, receiving record last year. I think he got the yardage, but he didn't get the touchdown. So he did that. And then in the second season, he didn't disappoint. There's no sophomore slump at all. Uh, depending on what Dalvin looks like up against his defense is another thing, too. I want to see if Kirk Cousins can get it done. But the San Francisco 49ers have turned it on as of late. If you – one of my uh, – okay, so I'm a silly guy, right? I, I like to laugh. And my family and everybody around me knows it, right? 
So one of my favorite comedies is Friday. One of the main actors in this movie's name is Debo. Who? Debo. If you have not paid attention to what Debo has been doing, oh, my goodness. Like, like, Kyle Shanahan, I finally have to give you some credit on what you're doing with the offense now. I'm hoping that this could continue to make this 49er team get better. I don't know if they'll get to a postseason, but at least this is a start, especially while the running game has been hampered due to injury. Um, but Debo Samuel out of the backfield or running routes as a, a, a pass catcher, extremely dynamic and making it so much more easier for Jimmy Garoppolo that you don't hear that Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded any anymore. You don't hear that. You don't hear that. Um, this is an up-in-the-air game for me. Oh, my gosh, I don't know which way to go. And I don't like Kirk Cousins. And they know I don't like him. I am going to go with the 49ers at home. I'm going with my brother here. Eric, who do you like in this matchup, Vikings or Niners? And tell me why. Well, uh, first of all, we get Dre Greenlaw back on defense, and Elijah Mitchell will be back today as well. Um, can't take anything away from the Minnesota Vikings, what they got. They got Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, but Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and the emergence of Jimmy Garoppolo in that offense. And then you got to look at what the Niners' defense has been doing. Uh, we got Nick Bosa, who's quietly making a, a case for Defensive Player of the Year, leading the league with 10 sacks already. So, And that defense just got a big boost with Greenlaw coming back today. So... I like the Niners at home. Fair enough. I can't get mad at that. The next matchup we have is the roundabout of the AFC North battle. We already had one. Here goes the second to round out the whole division. The new Cleveland Browns up against the old Cleveland Browns, a.k.a. the Baltimore Ravens. This game is in Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by three, uh, in which Kareem Hunt has been cleared too. So, their running backfield is back. Can Baker do it up against Lamar? That is where the question lies. Eric, I'll come to you first. Browns versus the Ravens in Baltimore. I like the Ravens here. Um, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns have been able to get nothing going on the offensive side of the ball. They have a great defense, but it's in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's back. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield has another tough week and uh, another loss. This is so tough, and I have Lamar as my fantasy quarterback. I am going to go with the Ravens. (laughs) I want to, especially with everything swirling around Baker, too, man, and for some odd reason with Chubb coming back, and then now they get uh, Hunt back, too. It feels like they could get this thing turned around. Um, And Landry has been cleared, too. So I I am going to go Ravens, but I will be watching this closely. Everybody will be waiting on day to see how this game goes down especially with this being an AFC North matchup. Uh, Sirius, your thoughts on this matchup? Who do you like, Browns or Ravens in Baltimore? I want to tie. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want any, any woman to win. Like, this, this, this hurts my soul. Um, honestly, gentlemen, I think Baltimore gets it done. Um, they just have a way about weathering the storm this year and finding ways to win. And I think, honestly – for, for the Ravens, I think this is going to get ugly quickly. Because um, I, I, I just do not believe in, in Cleveland at all. So give me Baltimore to win this one by double digits. 
Double digits. Woo. Okay. This just got bloody. Okay, the last game for week 12, we have the Seattle Seahawks going across the country to play the Washington football team in Washington. Well, well, not in Washington. It's actually in Landover, Maryland, no, but they're close enough. This game is a pick This is a brutal game right here. Um, I'll go first. I'm going with the football team to win this game. As uh, much as I've always seen Russell pull this off, coming across country and winning these games, it's just too much negative toward the Seahawks, including their defense, uh, how they've not been able to get stops up against the passing game nor up against running games. Uh, they've been successful on both sides of the spectrum, offensively up against the Seahawks' defense. Russell's going to have to pull off a lot to get this done. I'm going with the football team to win this matchup. Eric, your thoughts on the game? Who do you like and why, Seahawks or the Washington football team? Yeah, I'm also going with the football team here. They've they've been a scrappy team all year. Taylor Heineke has been proving a lot of people wrong all year. He's been hanging in there, getting the job done. I think Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson have a big game today and uh, shut down the Seahawks. They're they're just they're spiraling down the toilet at this point. So I think Pete Carroll era is getting ready to come to an end. Okay, so serious you are there, the Seahawks or the football team, are you going with the home team or are you going with Russ? You know, it, it, it's weird because, again, this game is a pick and fall reason. You know, some statistics just for you guys to think about. The Washington football team organization as a whole has strategically and routinely played badly on prime time, let alone on Monday night. They've had a total of one win out of the last ten on Monday Night Football, um, I, I, I hit the thing, like, if it's a pick em, I'm going to go with the more experienced guy. I, I think Russell Wilson finds a way and, and, and gets it done. I, I, I think they find a way to get it done. Um, no, 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 no shade against Terry McLaurin, cool dude, met him before. No shade against, you know, Antonio Gibson, nice guy. Um, I just honestly believe that if, if the Seattle Seahawks are going to legitimately right the ship, this is a game that they have to win. They, 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 there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They, they have to get this done. Um, and I think that they're going to find a way to, 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 to get it done. So give me, give me Seattle and, 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 and a nice close one now. Okay, so we are now at the end of the show. I need plugs, closeout shout-outs as we end this show here at the brunch. Mr. Simmons, I'll start with you. Give me anything that you'd like to promote, shout-out, and we'll go from there. Yo, man, it's your boy, Sirius, repping that 412 and the 703, man. Such a pleasure to be with here with you guys. I hope and trust that everybody had a wonderful holiday weekend, man. Spent some time with your family, your loved ones. Um, I had a privilege of going back home to Pittsburgh and have some have some good home cooking food with, with some family, man. It was always good to go home. Um, with that being said, uh, Tuesdays, 9 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time, me and the homie villain on the wrap-up show. We can talk about anything that you guys want to talk about, whether you want to talk about your fantasy squad, uh, the week that was. We're going to look ahead to, to what's coming up on the following week, man. Obviously, the homies over there at Clubhouse on on the barbershop, man. Check them out, man. We got some stuff going on. I'm sure Mike's going to talk about the giveaway, uh, the merch and everything like that, the blogs, uh, YouTube, we're on doing some stuff with the finger food, things of that nature. 
With that being said, T, two weeks to be in the building, man. I'll holler at you guys later, man. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Oh, Lord, don't talk about that city right now. Please leave them alone. <laughs> Eric, give me a plug, close out, shout out as we shut the doors here at the brunch. Serious, timeless, Mike. It's always great being here, spending my Sunday mornings with you guys. We thank all our listeners and supporters out there. Go get the merch. Go represent. Check out the website, sportscitychefs.com. Check out all the shows throughout the week. Everybody have a blessed Sunday. Much love and respect. Yeah, I already said enough. Um, Mike can't get his clothes out because he's actually flying from Miami back home. So he was doing this from the airport. That's why you heard so much noise around him and people trying to help him because he's a, a needy person. Not to say needy like as in like greedy, but, you know, he's special need type of guy. So I'm thankful for Mike to say a lot for him. That's my big brother regardless. At the end of the day, Sports City Chefs, you already know how this thing goes down. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, you, Chef, you. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, you, Chef, you. Yeah. Cap. Todd. Woo! Connecticut. Uh.